Father God, thank you so much for your word and that it never turns back void. Thank you, Lord, that you have a plan and a purpose in our lives. And uh, I just ask that you would just teach us through your word today. And Lord, um, I know that you see all of us, you know us, you understand us, you understand everything. And I thank you, God, that you love us, Lord, right where we're at. And thank you for uh, the book of Daniel and just your faithfulness, God, uh, in the lives of people, even when their leaders aren't following you. And uh, just thank you, Lord, just uh, help me to get out of your way and pray that today's study would just uh, be edifying to the body and um, that our lives would glorify you, God. And uh, pray for the churches that are in Ukraine and in Russia, that you would strengthen those pastors and leaders, the missionary efforts that are going on, Lord. Um, just ask that you would just have your hand upon all of those folks that are involved there, Lord. You know who they are. Pray for um, my friend who's a pastor in El Salvador, that you would be with him and his family as well, and uh, the ministry that they have out there. And uh, we lift up all the churches in Olivehurst. You would strengthen them and that you would give them your vision for this community, Lord. Thank you so much, God, that Olivehurst is your city. It's your town, Lord. There isn't anything out of your grasp, out of your hands, Lord. Just praise you and give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Cool. Um, can you turn me down a little bit? I'm freaking myself out over the speakers. I'm, I'm too loud for myself up back here. <clears throat> okay, so if you don't have a Bible, raise your hand and somebody will bring a Bible to you. If you don't own a Bible, um, it is yours to keep. Um, they're a gift from, us, from the Lord, really, to you, not from us. I mean, it's God's Word, not ours. So um, we're starting a new study, and uh, it's, it, I'm, I'm excited about it, a little, little nervous uh, at some points, but uh, I think we should always um, hold God's Word with a, a respect um, of authority. Um, the book of Daniel is a prophetic book, um, but it's also a historical book as well pertaining to God's people. And today, um, as I was praying and thinking through everything over the last couple of weeks, that's why I took uh, two weeks off teaching, just to kind of prepare for this. Um, and uh, also, my wife and I, you know, took time off for our anniversary, and we needed to do that. And um, But anyway, so by way of introduction to the book of Daniel, um, like I mentioned to you a few weeks back that we were going to start this book, um, and I want to let you know that there's a lot of t there was a lot of time spent in thought and prayer, seeking the Lord, asking Him, okay, God, what's next? Um, Lord, what do you want us at, at Metnoy Community Church, all of us, to study? Um, and the reason why I'm sharing this with you, I, I, I just kind of felt led to, to, to jot this down and share this with you, um, is that uh, this isn't so you can say, you know, or think how, Brian, you do so much, you know, you spend so much time praying and seeking God's face for things or whatever. Not at all. Um, please know this, Jesus is the one that did so much for us. Um, he is who needs to be glorified at all times, especially in the church and amongst his people. Um, and I'm, I'm sharing the reason for this is that, uh, so you know that when we go through books of the Bible um, or a topical study on certain subjects, it's not some list of what to teach the church. 
Um, I, we really spend a lot of time seeking God's face on what the Lord wants us to be doing here at Metanoia Community Church, Olivehurst. What does it look like to reach Olivehurst, you know? What does it look like to, you know, um, what, what does the Lord want to speak to His people um, through His Word? Uh, we always really kind of just wait on the Lord for those things. And, and there's just a, so I just want to let you know, there's not a list of what I'm going through. I don't pre-plan the year. I know some pastors, they pre-plan their year of what they're going to be teaching. Maybe that'll be easier for me. I don't know. But um, <clears throat> just want to let you know that. Um, I believe that, you know, it's the Lord's directing and process. Um, things aren't random that, that happen here. Um, also, please understand that we could read the Bible from cover to cover, or study any book or chapter or verse and still receive from the Lord. God's word is powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It does the work. We need to get away from ourselves and let God's word do the work within us. And so, um, but I want to encourage you, please read your Bible on your own. Um, It's truly where God meets us in our personal study time, okay? If you don't have a personal study time reading the word, I encourage you to do it. Um, I know that in my life, when I set time aside, and not just to study, that's the thing, but to actually read the Word for my relationship with the Lord, other things will become, like, more important than that. And so you really have to protect that to study the Word and read the Word on your own and let God breathe into you the life that comes from His Word. And I just wanted to kind of preface, you know, this study with that, that time goes into this, and, and please read your Bibles also outside of church. Um, so the book of Daniel... Um, it's important to uncover how did God's people get here? What happened that caused God's people to end up under the control of foreign kings that did not serve the true and living God, the creator of the heavens and the earth? God's people were taken captive by a king that served demons. And what is this all about? Why would God allow this to happen? Isn't God good and loving and gracious? Absolutely, he is all the time. Yes, God is good and loving and gracious and kind, yet he is sovereign and holy and placed under, I'm sorry, I skipped a line, but he's sovereign and holy and his people are to live out godly lives. There's consequences for things in our life. Um, God's people had kings that led them to either honor and worship God or these kings led them in evil ways. God allowed his people to live under their own Jewish kings for many, many, many years, but he warned them through his prophets that they would be carried away to a different land and placed under the rule of foreigners because of their evil ways. I'm giving a preface to how uh, God's people got to where they're at, which is where Daniel opens up, is under uh, God's people are under the control of King Nebuchadnezzar. Um, and, and another king, too, that I'm going to tell you about. Um, so I encourage you, uh, please, you guys, I know this is a lot, but I encourage you to read First and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles, it's in the Old Testament, um, to learn about the history of these kings and how they either served God or did not serve God, how they in, and how they influenced God's people. Um, Daniel, he wrote this book. Um, in the 6th century, probably about 530 BC. Um, Daniel was a prophet, so that's 530 years before Christ. And I'm going to give you a uh, little synapse, um, an outline. This is um, from uh, one of my commentaries, uh, Warren 
I'm sorry, William McDonald. He created this. It just gives a little idea of the amazing journey that we're going to take as we go through the book of Daniel, okay? So, um, Daniel covers the steadfast loyalty of Daniel and his companions in chapter 1. Nebuchadnezzar's vision of the image made uh, of four metals, which is chapter 2. Nebuchadnezzar's gold idol and the fiery furnace, which is Daniel chapter 3. Nebuchadnezzar's dream of the ruined tree and its meaning, chapter 4. Belshazzar's doom announced by the handwriting on the wall, chapter 5. Decrees of Darius and the den of lions in chapter 6. Daniel's dream of four beasts depicting four world empires, which is Daniel chapter 7. Daniel's vision of the ram and the goat nations, which is chapter 8. Daniel's vision of the 70 weeks of Gentile supremacy, which is chapter 9. Visions of God's glory introducing outline of coming events, which is chapter 10. There are things in Daniel that are have not come to fruition yet that are prophecy that are actually in process today. Prophecies of the immediate future, which is 11, chapter 11, verse 1 through 35. Greece's conquest of the uh, Medo-Persia, which is 11, 1 through 3. The decay of the Grecian Empire, which is chapter 11, verse 4 through 35. The wars between Egypt and Syria, which is 11, chapter 11, verse 4 through 20. The reign of wicked Ant Antiochus Epiphanes, which is chapter 11, verse 21 through 35. And then there's prophecies of the distant future. Covers the Antichrist, which is chapter 11, verse 36 through 45. And then the Great Tribulation, which is chapter 12. So, Lord willing, I, who knows how long it's going to take us to get through all of that. We're not doing it today. Um, but I wanted to give you a outline of what the book of Daniel covers. I think it's really important. A lot of times we lose... You know, like Gina had mentioned, you know, as children, you know, we, we, we remember the, 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 uh, the um, children's church stories, you know what I mean? The fiery furnace and Daniel and Lion's Den, and, and, and really the book of Daniel is packed full of so many different things that are applicable to us today. And so I want you to be praying. If you want to read through the book, the chapters prior to us doing, I would encourage that um, as well. And uh, I just, just wanted to give you that preface. So um, what we're going to do next, and today's a little different today. Sorry, you guys. Um, Daniel chapter 1, verse 1 through 2, we'll read that. And then I'm going to give you, um, so we're going to read through scriptures that pertain to the kings that were in authority in the Jewish, uh, it, it, over the Jews that were Jewish kings um, prior to Daniel um, and, and, and Daniel, the book of Daniel prior to them being captive and why they become captives. And uh, hopefully that'll, I'm just kind of building context of what's going on and how they got to where they were. I just really believe con context is king. It's really important. Um, we don't ever want to lose um, the validity of the history of God's people and how they got to where they are. Um, and then glean uh, from what the Holy Spirit wants to teach us, not only historical about um, the Jewish people, but also for our lives and how the Holy Spirit wants to apply it to us. Everybody's like, and tacos are when? Yeah. So Daniel chapter 1, verse 1 through 2 reads this. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. Do you know what besieging is? It's when you have an opposing force, builds armies against it, and its whole purpose is to take it over, okay? And the Lord gave, verse 2, 
And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with some of the articles of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, to the house of his God, lower G being the God of Nebuchadnezzar, which is not the true and living God. That's why I preface that he, that he served demons. And he brought the articles into the treasure house of his God. Again, lowercase God. So we're going to stop there for Daniel chapter 1. We will go back into that next week. And now I just want to present to you what happened in Jehoiakim's life. King Jehoiakim. We need to know. Um, and so Jehoiakim, king of Judah. Now the focus in our study, again, is Daniel. It's not on, the king, it's not on king Jehoiakim, but I, I wanted to give you context, okay? Um, we need, it's important that we need to know uh, that he was a king of Judah uh, when Nebuchadnezzar captured them. So 2 Kings chapter 23, verse 36 through 37. Jehoiakim was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. It's important to understand the 11 years part. His mother's name was Zebodah, the daughter of Padiah of Rumah, and he did, listen you guys, and he did evil in the sight of the Lord according to all his fathers had done. Now, some of you may be thinking, well, wait a minute, these are God's people. Why is he doing evil in the sight of the Lord? I thought he was God's people. Um, the Jews had evil kings. Um, so what type of king was Jehoiakim? Well, here's a small excerpt from uh, the Believer's Bible Commentary. Jehoiakim put uh, Uriah the prophet to death, which you would find in Jeremiah 26, 23. I'm not going to read that verse. Um, you can write that down if you want. And burned the word of God, which Jeremiah had written concerning Judah and Israel. Okay. That you could find in Jeremiah 36, 23. He tried to arrest Jeremiah. Also, uh, Baruch, uh, who was Jeremiah's scribe, but the Lord had hid them. Uh, and that would be in Jeremiah 36, 26. So um, King Jehoiakim wasn't a nice guy. He had no desire to, to serve God whatsoever. And what's fascinating, if you read through Kings, there was actually, uh, he was the, the son of a king who actually served God and tore down all the idols and all the Asher poles. And, and, and when God's word was found and, and the worship of the Lord was brought back to his people. And, his, and, and so when his dad died, he decided not to do that. He decided to do things himself and uh, in, in, in be an evil king. Um, and so it's, it's quite fascinating how you see uh, the fluctuation back and forth between um, uh, leaders in, in, over the Jewish people and, and that serve the Lord and leaders that don't serve the Lord. And the amazing thing is that God is sovereign and um, he will allow things to happen in, in these people's lives because of the disobedience uh, of, these, of these leaders. Um, and I'm not saying that Things in our life are happening because of disobedience to our leaders. I believe God holds us accountable in our own lives for the things that we do. So 2 Kings chapter 24, verse 1 through 7. In his days, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up, and Jehoiakim became his vassal for three years. Then he turned and rebelled against him. So a vassal is a person um, or country in subordinate position to another. Okay, so, so what's happening here, and it's important to understand that King Nebuchadnezzar, he, he was becoming a very, very, very powerful uh, force in, in, in the world at the time. Um, and so 
So he, so so when he over when he took control uh, when Jehoiakim became his vassal he made Jehoiakim basically the person that would take care of you know the Jewish people but he answered to King Nebuchadnezzar um, after three years under King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon uh, under his control Jehoiakim rebelled against Nebuchadnezzar and that didn't turn out well um, so verse two of Second Kings chapter twenty four and here's what happened. And the, now listen, it's important for you to understand that we see here, and the Lord sent, okay? All through this, you see that God is in control. God is always in control. God's in control with what's happening in Russia and Ukraine. God's in control with what's happening in the United States. God's always in control, okay? Our focus can't be, oh no, oh woe is me, there's giants in the land, so let's not serve God, which is, did happen to the Israelites when they came to the promised land and 12 went in. And we were talking about that this morning. 12 of them went in and two of them had a good report and everybody else says that we're grasshoppers and there's giants and we're all gonna die. And what happened? It caused, every, it caused them to go into the desert for 40 years. So our focus always needs to be the Lord. We need to, we need to always let God um, have preeminence and lordship in our life no matter what's going on. And that's the rub, right? As believers striving, we need to strive to keep Jesus number one in our life. Everything else in the world wants to draw our attention away from God. It wants to draw our attention to things that aren't godly. It wants to draw attention to things that we're not getting or we're not able to do or we're insecure, you name it. But God's word says that greater is he who is within me than he that's in the world. Do I really believe that? You know what I mean? And the God of the Old Testament is the same God of the New Testament. Jesus and Jesus, the, the Son of God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They're all one. They've been the same. They've all been there, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so I really want to stress here that God is always in control. And you see that even here. Verse 2, and the Lord sent against him raiding bands of Chaldeans. So who sent against uh, uh, um, Jehoiakim? The Lord did. So the Lord sent against him raiding bands, Chaldeans, bands of Syrians, bands of Moabites, and bands of the people of Ammon. He sent them against Judah to destroy it, according to the word of the Lord, which he had spoken by his servants, the prophets. I love that. God will let us know what's going to happen even when we're disobedient. He lets us know. God's word tells us that sin is pleasurable for a season, but in the end, it's, it corrupts us. You know, God warns us of so many things, but yet the world becomes so enticing to us, even in my own life, man. And, and, and again, it comes down to actions and attitude a lot of times, you know, are my actions and attitude godly or not? And, and, and there's always a rub there, but man, we always have to remember that God is in control. And so the Lord, um, which he had spoken by his servants and prophets, verse three, surely at the commandment of the Lord, this came upon Judah to remove them from whose sight? From his sight because of the sins of Manasseh, according to all that he had done. So God's people were paying the price for Manasseh, okay? It's important that you understand that. We're gonna read about him too. He was horrible, horrible. He was worse than, than, than Jehoiakim, um, according to all that he had done. And also because of the innocent blood that he had shed, for he had filled, listen, for he had filled Jerusalem with innocent blood, which the Lord would not pardon. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoiakim and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? And that's why I said, go read First Second Chronicles. So Jehoiakim rested with his fathers. In other words, he passed away. Then, Jehoi then Jehoiachin, his son, reigned in his place. Now, it's important to understand also where it says, um, with the Lord... 
uh, would not pardon when it was talking about what had gone on with Manasseh, there's consequences to the things in our life that we do, okay? God is sovereign. He's absolutely loving. He has absolute authority, but we'll be held accountable to our actions and who and what we are. That's just part of it. That's in the real world. You know, if I break the law, guess what? If I'm driving 80 miles an hour in a 25, I don't do that nowadays, um, I, and, and a police officer sees me, what's going to happen? He's going to be like, you know, God's grace, sir. No, that's not what's going to happen. I'll pay a penalty or a price for that. And so God's people paid a price for um, what these kings brought them into. Um, sorry. So Jehoiakim rested with his fathers. Then Jehoiachin, his son, reigned in his place. And the king of Egypt did not come out of his land anymore, for the king of Babylon had taken all that belonged to the king of Egypt from the, from the brook of Egypt to the river Euphrates. So um, the Egyptian king had been involved also prior to this, but this here at the end of verse 7 shows that, that, that King Nebuchadnezzar Babylon had became the, the reigning world power at the time. Um, so now I want us to turn to 2 Kings chapter 21, and we're going to read verse 1 through 18, and we're going to read about King Manasseh um, that the Lord is referencing uh, in 2 Kings 24, 34. And, and again, the reason why I'm sharing this with you is I really want us to understand how we get to Daniel. How, what, what was the whole verse 1 and 2 of Daniel? How did they get there? You know, why, why after three years, you know, of... of uh, of uh, Jehoiakim, you know, why did this happen? And so this was, God's people were paying the price for, their, for, the, for them serving ungodly gods under the leadership of these kings. And so verse two, I mean, chapter, 2 Kings chapter 21, verse one through 18. Manasseh was 12 years old when he became king and he reigned 55 years in Jerusalem. His mother name was Hevzibah, and he did evil in the sight of the Lord according to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. So you also you have to remember that when God brought his people into the promised land, there were other people there, and he said, don't have anything to do with them. Don't marry these people. Don't do anything. And they, they disobeyed way back then too. So there's been a long string of paying the price for wrong decisions in the Israelites' lives. <clears throat> Verse 3, and this is talking about Manasseh and what he did. For he rebuilt the high places which Hezekiah, his father, had destroyed. High places being places that demons were worshipped, okay? People built high places and worshipped other gods because they wanted to be above the true and living God. And so these high places talking about is places of worship that were ungodly. He raised up altars of Baal, and made wooden image. Baal uh, was a demonic god that they worshipped as well. Wooden images also. This is all pertaining to worshipping demons. Um, as Ahab, king of Israel, had done, and he worshipped all the hosts of heaven and served them. The hosts of heaven not being uh, God, but the stars, astrology. They worshipped everything except God. 
Um, he also built altars in the house of the Lord, of which the Lord had said in Jerusalem, I will put my name. So in other words, where God's altar was, he removed it and put demonic altars in God's house. This is this King Manasseh. This is what this man had done and what the Israelites, what the Jews were paying the price for. Verse five, and he built altars for all the host of heaven in the two courts of the house of the Lord. Also, he made his son pass through the fire. Um, so what that means is when they had, they had this statue that had hands and they would take their, this is really graphic, and they would take their baby and worshiping this God, they would roll the baby into the fire through this idol, okay? That's what Manasseh did. It's horrible, <laughs> super horrible. Um, he practiced soothsaying, used witchcraft, and consulted spirits and mediums. He did much evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. God's patient with us, man, but after a while, there's consequences that occur in people's lives. And, and so you see that, that God can be provoked to anger. And I have to also say this, that, that yes, that's true, but then when Jesus came, there's grace, okay? Man, there's so much grace in our lives. The Lord says, come to me, all you are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He takes our burdens from us, but it's when we're continually rebellious in our hearts and minds and we stiffen our hearts and our attitudes towards God and we're unwilling to come to him, it's when he's like, hey, okay, look, man. And he did that in my life. There's a certain time in my life where he's like, well, you wanna be you, then I'll turn you over to you. That didn't work out too well. It doesn't work out too well. The same thing here. Verse seven, he, he even set a carved image as Asherah that he had made in the house of which the Lord had said to David and to Solomon, his son, in this house and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, I put my name forever. So in other words, he's removed God totally from the house. It's crazy what he did. How many of us remove the Lord from our life? God created all of us to have a relationship with him through Jesus. We put idols inside of us or in our minds that take the place of authority that God wants to have in our lives. Verse 8, And I will make the feet of Israel wander any more from the land, from the land which I gave their fathers. Only if, now listen, only if they are careful to do according to all that I have commanded them and according to all the law that my servant Moses commanded them. There's grace. God's saying, look, if you will do what my, what my servant Moses commanded you to do, hey, but they paid no attention. See, their attitude was like, ah, we don't want to have anything to do with you, God. And Manasseh seduced them to do more evil than the nations whom the Lord had destroyed before the children of Israel. Are you getting the picture of how horrible these people were? And how horrible Manasseh was? He was horrible, horrible, horrible. He influenced, he, he, he seduced them to do demonic things. It's gross. That's why we, we read about why God's people were given to, to Babylon. They lost all these things. They lost their right to be in their own place because God was reprimanding them. He was spanking them for their disobedience. But I love that about the Lord too, is that he warns us prior to things. He's not a, a mean, evil God that just, you know, just does things to hurt people. That's not who he is. He loves us. He created all of us for a relationship with them. He had told God's people, they, they knew what God required of them. And 
these leaders disobeyed. Verse 10, and the Lord spoke by his servant, the prophet, saying. So in the Old Testament, um, God used people to speak directly to his people. Um, verse 11, because Manasseh, king of Judah, has done these abominations, he has acted more wickedly than all the Amorites who were before him and has also made Judah sin with his idols being um, not God's idols, but Manasseh's idols. Therefore, thus says the Lord God of Israel, behold, I am bringing such calamity upon Jerusalem and Judah that whoever hears of it, both his ears will tingle. That's pretty serious. Have you ever heard that saying? Like your ears are tingling. Like, you know, when you're a kid, right? You do something bad and your mom's on the way, like something's tingling. You're like, okay. Like, you know that something's up, something's coming against you. So the Lord's saying, look, this is going to be such a great thing that when it happens, that people will know what's going on. It's not something small that God poured out upon his people for their disobedience. Verse 13, and I will stretch over Jerusalem the measuring line of Samaria and the plummet of the house of Ahab. I will wipe Jerusalem as one wipes a dish, wiping it and turning it upside down, being covered to not be filled. So I will forsake the remnant of my inheritance, my being capitalized in my Bible here, speaking of God's inheritance and deliver them into the hand of their enemies. So um, the, the remnant of my inheritance, that's the, the Jewish people, um, and, and deliver them into the hand of their enemies, and they shall become victims of plunder to all their enemies because they have done evil in my sight and have provoked me to anger. It's, under, it's important to understand that. Provoked, what's that word provoked mean? It, there's a process, right? it wasn't just like God's not this angry God, just instantly lightning bolts coming out of him. They, they created this, provoked me to anger since the day their fathers came out of Egypt, even to this day. So do you guys know the Israelites were captive, right? They were in slavery in Egypt. And then, you know, when the Red Sea was parted, right? And, and God's people were set free and, and God showed all these miracles, right? Pertaining to all the, all the, um, uh, I'm, I just keep seeing frogs everywhere. Um, all the, all the, it's not curses. What am I saying here? What? Plagues. Plagues thank you. Um, that, uh, that, Mo, that God allowed Moses to, to the, the, you know, through Moses happen. They, they, Israel saw this. They saw God's greatness. They saw his glory. They saw his, his freedom they gave him. And still, they didn't serve him. And how's that in our lives? A propensity, right, that we have. God can show how great he is in our life. So much grace, so much grace, so much grace, so much grace. And God just asked me to love him with all of my heart, with all of my mind, with all of my soul, with all of my strength. And even if I can't do that, he says, Brian, just, just rely on my word and my spirit will fill you. God has given us everything to live a godly life. And what do we do? We do what the Israelites did. We set up idols we choose to do our own thing. It's important that we serve the Lord and we confess our sins to him because he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He is full of grace and mercy and truth. And going through the Old Testament, it's just a reminder 
of how sovereign and powerful he is and how full of grace he is, even in the midst of, I mean, this statement here um, where he talks about the provoking, it, 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 it means that there was a process that happened. Let us not push God so much to where the process is provoking him to just like he did in my life, you know, say, hey, I'm turning you over to you. Evil in my sight and provoked me, verse uh, 15, to anger since the day their fathers came out of Egypt, even to this day. Moreover, Manasseh shed very much innocent blood till he had filled Jerusalem from one end to another besides his sin by which he made Judah sin in doing evil in the sight of the Lord. Now the rest of the acts of Manasseh, all that he did and the sin that he committed, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? Again, that's why I encourage you to read 1st and Chronicles and 1st and Kings. So Manasseh rested with his fathers and was buried in the garden of his own house in the garden of Uzzah. Um, then his son Amon reigned in his place. And that's the introduction to where we come to in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with some of the articles of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, to the house of his God, and he brought the articles into the treasure house of his God. Praise the Lord that God gave us his word so we can see what went on prior to this in Daniel. And so next week, we're going to start the first book of Daniel, and Lord willing, we'll be able to get through the whole book all in one day. Just kidding. Um, you know, as the Lord leads us, and I encourage you, read through First Cent Chronicles, First Cent Kings, and get in context of the different kings that served the Lord and the different kings that didn't. And, and you see this, this this relationship that God's people have with him and, and they fall away and, and, and fall into the, the, the traps of, 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 of Baal, which are, 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 are the, 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 the gods of today, really, that are against God, uh, that are evil. Um, and that's a whole other study, but uh, let's go ahead and pray. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for all that you do in our lives. Thank you for um, your mercy and your grace. Thank you that you have a plan and a purpose. Lord, I thank you that um, Jesus was sent to die for us. I thank you that your grace is sufficient for our weaknesses. I thank you, Lord, that, man, we can come to you anytime, any place, Lord, and, 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 and ask you to fill us up, ask you to, 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 to help us, Lord. I pray that we would take advantage of that, Lord, that, that we're not under the old law. Yes, your law applies, Lord, but not under the old law. Um, and thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for the example of, of the Old Testament, God, about your character, that you're serious about your people serving you. Um, thank you that there's so many things, Lord, in my life, and I know in the lives of, of others, Lord, that, that you've saved us from, that we don't even know that you've saved us from things, Lord. Thank you that you're always at work, Lord. Thank you that you are working in our lives to direct us to be in contact with you because you will no one to perish and all to come to repentance. Your desire for all of hers, God, is for all of hers to be turned upside down for Jesus. And Lord, I pray that you would turn our personal lives upside down for you, God. 
Lord, if there's anything in us, Lord, that's not for you, of you, you'd help us, Lord. Lord, help us to let go of things that we hold on to that we think are important. Lord, um, I just pray for uh, those today that just are hurting because of the situation. You just have your hand upon them. Um, thank you so much for your grace and your mercy. Thank you so much, God. Praise you and give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.